Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey. Welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I'm sitting down with Jennifer Pickett, and we are going to have such an eye-opening conversation on all things nutrition. She is a dietitian and functional medicine health coach known for her compassion, communication, and people skills. Her simple and realistic approach is encouraging, and her clients feel empowered to take steps to transform their health. She has a master's degree in human nutrition and recently completed certification as a functional medicine and health coach. Jennifer applies her 24 years of experience to motivate others to take a whole body, whole life approach to wellness. Drawing from her own personal journey, Jennifer identified barriers that were holding her back from living life to the fullest. After becoming increasingly frustrated with the lack of simple, realistic, and holistic wellness information, Jennifer determined was determined to fill this obvious need and launched her own company, Healthy Harmony, which inspires a holistic whole self approach, promoting harmony among physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So I am really excited to have you on. This has been a long time coming. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Anytime you and I get to talk, it's, I mean, it's like the meeting of the minds and we could go on for hours and hours. So I'm happy to be here with you. Yes, even before hitting record, just a little inside scoop for the listeners. We were just we just started talking. I'm like, okay, well, let, let's just start recording so we can <laughs> we talk did about yes this live. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. We are in an interesting time where there is a lot of nutrition information available to people, but nobody really knows what to do with it. Like we know, oh sure, I should eat you know whole foods. Sure, I should eat more vegetables, but we're not seeing a lot of people apply these things to their lives. We're not seeing Americans in general becoming any healthier. So what do you think that gap is about? Oh, goodness. You know, first of all, there's so I think people are in a state of overwhelm. You know, they're very stressed out because of their busy lives. They're very stressed out because of the world that we live in. And when it comes to food and nutrition, we have been handed a lot of confusing and conflicting information. So even if someone is very, very proactive, they go out there, they look, they dig, and they try to do some research, and they walk away even more more confused and even more overwhelmed. And so they're like, oh my, like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. And so they typically take that kind of all or nothing approach. Like this is too much. I don't know what to do. So, you know, hands up in the air, forget it. I'm not going to do anything at all. I'm just going to keep eating the way I've been eating. But I think we're getting to that point People are truly sick and tired of being sick and tired, and they're looking for answers. And these answers are not found in the doctor's office. And so people are searching, and they're just, they're so worn out. They're so worn out. Yes, I, I think that that is accurate. I mean, you know, for years we were told, 
fat is bad. Now we're hearing fat is good. We were told to read the nutrition facts. Now we're told to read the ingredients. So, I mean, that's how I grew up counting calories. And now we're saying, well, wait a minute, this might not be the way to do things. So I'd love to know a little bit more about your training. You were trained as a dietitian and that was your master's is in human nutrition. And so I'd love to know a little bit about how your philosophy has changed over the years. Okay, so just a little bit about my background. I'm a dietitian by profession. So that means I have a a four year uh, bachelor degree. And then I went to and did an accredited internship and had to sit for the boards. I also have my master's degree in human nutrition. And, um, you know, the really the way they train dietitians is very much disease state focused. Um, I remember my very first job as a dietitian working in a hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, and I would go into a patient's room and try to explain in these wonderful professional sounding words what I did and why I was there. The Aaron, they would look at me and like with such confusion on their face. And so finally, one day I blurted out, you know, I was trying to give good explanations of what my job was, what my role was in the hospital. And finally, one day I said, I'm like a, a food nurse. And they were like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But you know, that's a kind of a really good, accurate description. In the hospital setting, you're very much a food nurse because you're connected to the cafeteria, which means I spent a lot of my time listening to complaints about hospital food. Um, But the training as a dietitian, because so many dietitians work in that medical you know, hospital setting um, is very, very disease state focused and uh, very diet focused. The problem with that is, well, what about the folks who are saying like me who are saying, wait a minute, I've got some significant family medical history, but wait, there's got to be something I can do beforehand. What can I do to prevent? What can I do to be an advocate for myself and make sure I don't get into that same boat and deal with a lot of these diseases that I've had family members deal with? And so um, that's where part of, you know, I've got some maybe some disgruntled feelings with how uh, with the way healthcare is it is now. And People do not have access to good, solid nutrition information. They're not getting the help they need. When they do, um, they're typically handed a diet, a very strict, restrictive diet that no one has considered what their life is like, what their needs are, what their, um, their mental state is, uh, and then also, um, you know, is it realistic for them to make these changes? Instead, they're handed typically a diet. They're going to be handed a very strict diet and expected to follow that. And there's no follow-up. So I saw, even in so many moons ago, when I did that in the traditional setting, I saw it wasn't working. I mean, I could sit there with a, with a diabetic patient and that diet instruction would take me an hour and 15 minutes. And Aaron, I knew they weren't getting it. I knew this, they were not going to be able to follow this at home. So now you fast forward this many years later, and I'm like, okay, what's going to truly help people the most? We're missing the boat here. People are confused. They're overwhelmed. They're stressed out. They don't know what to do. A super strict diet is not going to be what helps to turn them around. It takes a very unique and different approach. It really takes a functional approach. Approach, which is a very practical approach. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it sounds like you definitely have made a shift from your traditional training to now even getting your certification in, oh, what is it? Functional medicine health coach? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to get more into what that looks like and how, how, how you can make things more practical for people. But before we do, I want to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Literati. Literati is spelled L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I. We've all made a goal to read before, right? Like I know I did at the beginning of the year, my goal was to read 52 books. That's one book a week. That is a lofty goal. But for me, I tend to read the same kind of books over and over again, and I don't have a lot of variety. Well, what I love about Literati is that I can join an online book club hosted by one of my favorite authors, and I am introduced to books that I normally wouldn't read. With Literati book clubs, you can read alongside the world's most inspiring authors and leaders. Literati delivers their monthly book picks straight to your door so you can spend less time finding a good book and more time actually reading one. Like I said, I love that it's already picked for me and I'm reading things that I normally wouldn't pick for myself. So whether you're enjoying beach reads with Ellen Hildebrand or exploring mythic realms with Joseph Campbell scholars, you will find all of these brilliant insights on the Literati app. Authors, leaders, and activists spark lively conversations in 12 unique book clubs, engaging a diverse community of readers from all over the world. That means you can talk about Steph Curry's favorite books with Steph Curry for real. They also host exclusive interviews with the authors themselves. I'm super excited. I signed up for an interview with the author of the book that I just read in the Ellen Hildebrand book club. And you can ask your biggest questions and get insider answers that you won't find in any other book club. It's very unique. Move freely between clubs or use the standard membership to access everything and choose the books that you want delivered. One thing I really love is that when you subscribe to a Literati book club, you help support children's literacy efforts. As a former teacher, that is really important to me. Since 2019, Literati has donated over 250,000 books to underfunded schools, women, and children's care centers and nonprofits. Reimagine what a book club can be. Redeem your 30-day trial for only 99 cents at literati.com spark. Head to literati.com spark to learn more and read more with Literati. Literati.com spark. Jennifer, getting back into your own personal history as a dietitian and now with what you're doing now, how has this experience been eye-opening to you as opposed to what you have experienced in the past? It's, I'm sitting here grinning uh, at Aaron right now while we're recording this because it's uh, it was that much of an eye-opening experience that I, I grin just, you know, talking about it. First of all, uh, the difference is that with functional medicine, functional medicine is also termed lifestyle medicine. So it looks at other factors, not just food. Now, it does look at the healing properties of food. It views food as food is fuel, food is information, food is medicine, and food is also connection. But it looks at those other factors influence our habits and what we put in our mouth. It looks at sleep and stress. It looks at mindfulness and mental health and emotional health and spiritual health. Um, functional medicine also really pulls in positive psychology. How can we motivate someone to change? It pulls in 
strengths. What is that person's strengths? Can we use their strengths on their health journey to help bring about change? So it's all about that person, that unique, beautiful person. And it's truly a customized, personalized approach. So I did a, it's a one-year certification program. And what I noticed very quickly is something they termed the coach approach versus the expert approach. So the expert approach is the dietitian approach. The uh, the expert approach says, here's what I think you should do. Okay, here you go. Here's the diet instruction. I'm going to send you on your way and off you go. I'm the expert. I'm telling you what to do. The coach approach is much more of a welcoming approach. It's more of a brainstorming session. You're coming alongside someone. You're getting to know them, their strengths, what their family is like, what their life is like, and you help them reach their own conclusions. So this is the way I coach every single day. And my clients will tell you, you know, they are coming up with their own game plans. Now, I will help brainstorm and we do that together. But so much of this are like, you know what? I know, Jennifer, I know I need to lay off those sodas. And I'm like, okay, so what would that look like for you? So it's a very supportive and caring environment. Um, Very, very much different from here's a diet. I might help you set a goal and then send you on your way. So I love, love the functional medicine approach, that coach approach versus the expert approach. I love that. That's a good explanation. And I think because, yeah, I think people typically, if they hear, oh, you're a health coach, or even if they say you're a nutritionist, you're a dietitian, they automatically assume most people I would say would assume, oh, you help people lose weight. You yes. help people to eat. I mean, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, you give people an eating plan, right? But yeah. it's about so much more than that. That is a lot more effective because we also, we do need to dig into the why of why we're eating, yes. you know, and, and why we're constantly like, so, so say, for example, let's maybe give an example for people to understand. So say I come to you and I'm like, I don't know what it is, but we, we can role play here, you know, cause I know that, that was part of your yeah. training as well, wasn't it? Okay. So we'll just yes. pretend I just can't stop eating sugar. I want to have, I will say this used to be me a long time ago. So this is not that far from the truth, right? I can't like at night, I have to have chocolate covered almonds, or I have to have a little candy bar, or I have to have something sweet. As soon as I put my kids to bed, I, I just have to have something sweet and I want to stop and I don't know how. So what would you say to somebody? Cause I, you know, you hear that all the time, right? Yeah, I do. I hear that frequently. So I would ask you, um, we would talk about sleep for one. Uh, so often when we're not getting adequate sleep, we crave sugar. Oh yeah. So if we're not getting a good night's sleep, our serotonin is lowered, our dopamine is lowered, our ghrelin, our hunger hormone is increased, leptin, the satiety hormone is decreased, so you're not satisfied, you're hungrier, and you're craving sweets. So with sleep, this is one of the the hot topics with with moms because we sacrifice sleep. We're trying to be productive, we're trying to get stuff done, and oftentimes at night we're trying to relax and unwind and it's our only time for some downtime and so we're sacrificing sleep for downtime but what happens is that when we don't get good sleep it dramatically affects what we put in our mouth so when we don't get good rest at night with the next day we are more hungry because the hunger hormone ghrelin is increased dopamine is lowered serotonin is lowered so you just don't feel good and you're craving sweets 
Ooh, I am so glad that you mentioned sleep first. Not many people do that, and I think it is really, really important and definitely plays a role. But before we get into the other factors affecting our cravings, I want to stop and take a second to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy to follow recipes, perfect for keto, paleo, plant powered diets, for people who wanna eat gluten free, or maybe you just want to have more variety in your diet and eat in a more balanced way. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes that go way beyond ordinary for, again, like I mentioned, diverse array of meal plans and plenty of options to choose from each week. I love it because I gotta be honest, sometimes I get into a food rut and I find myself making the same meals over and over again. It's no fun for me and it's no fun for my family. The Green Chef can make leading a healthier lifestyle easier than ever with satisfying home-cooked dinners with options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Everything is hand-picked, featuring organic veggies, high-quality proteins, delivered to your door, pre-measured, and mostly prepped in insulated packaging. And what I really like about it is that I'm not going to the grocery store looking around for all the different little details that I need. It comes straight to my door. The packaging is really simple. The steps that it takes to prep the meals are really easy. You know, I work with a lot of people who struggle, like how do I incorporate more vegetables in my diet? How do I change it up and not eat the same thing over and over again? And what I love about Green Chef is it makes it easy for you and you can save the recipes if you want to make it again. My husband and I really enjoy cooking together and it's just kind of a quality time experience for us and so we were really excited. We unboxed our Green Chef package together and decided okay we're gonna have this on this day, this on that day and make sure to take the pretty pictures you know so check out my Instagram if you haven't seen my pictures of my Green Chef box yet. I'm telling you you guys have to try Green Chef. It is the number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com slash spark100 and use the code spark100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash spark100. Use the code spark100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Definitely try it out. I can't wait to hear what you think. greenchef.com slash spark 100. Okay, so getting back to sugar cravings, you know, you mentioned starting with sleep, which I was really excited to hear that. What other ways do you address cravings? We would really uh, talk about sleep because it truly affects every single aspect. And then we would also start unpacking, hey, what is that nighttime routine look like for you? What are the feelings and the emotions that are involved in that little nightly habit as you're doing that late night snacking? Now, I firmly believe that you can't change everything at one time. So my clients, they never hear me say, okay, you can't do that again. So if you're my client, Erin, I wouldn't tell you, okay, you can't have that snack ever again at night. Instead, what we would do is we would focus on what are some other ways that you can relax, for instance, Um, what are some other ways that you can kind of implement some self care and give yourself a little bit of a break. Um, And two, it would be teaching some mindfulness about um, emotional 
emotional eating, because that is it's a trap that we so easily fall into because we're so very stressed. So that's the type of discussions that we would have. Um, I referenced this, I said, you can't change everything at one time. So my clients hear a phrase that I use a lot called small and sticky changes. Small meaning the change is so little it's super easy to implement. Like it almost seems insignificant. It almost seems a little bit too easy. Um, And then sticky, meaning it's really easy to stick with. So instead of trying to change everything at one time, we just try to change one thing at a time and implement those small and sticky changes. And we layer those changes. And that is the way to bring about long lasting change and stop you know, treating self-care like we're going through a phase, right? We've all gone through the phases and this is about long-term change, not short-term. Yes, <laughs> treating self-care like it's just a phase we're going through. That is so true. Cause I, yes. I think that's like, oh yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a nighttime routine. That's my new thing. Or I'm gonna do a morning routine. That's my new thing. And like, how often do we actually, you know, stick with it because things happen and we get interrupted. Yeah. And I still have a four-year-old who, Good gracious. Like some, I think last night, yes, he was up and wanted to sleep. He calls it a kitty bed on the floor <laughs> by our bed. And then sometimes wow, he's yeah. in my bed. And so it's just, you just never know. Uh, so yes. So I think that our sleep is often, like you said, that's so important for people to understand often interrupted. And even if we feel like we're sleeping well, it might not be the most restful sleep, you yeah, know, yeah. that's really important too. And that does throw off our eating. I've noticed when I don't have a lot of sleep, I crave salty things. I crave um, oh, interesting, yeah, like chips like flavored yeah. chips. You know, yes. like whatever whatever kind I can find. It's like that's that's kind of my thing. But I'm more snacky in general, so mm-hmm. I think that's my hunger hormones. Like you said, being thrown off, and I think that's really important for people to be able to tune into that because most people are not really. I think when you are used to being told when you're hungry and when you need to eat, you're not really in tune with your own body and your own hunger oh, signals. Yes, preach right? it. Preach so, it. Yeah. So how, how do you help people to start tuning into their own body and their own body's cues? Um, it's really about implementing mindfulness. And, you know, mindfulness, it, it's funny because I think sometimes we hear that word and we're like, oh, my goodness, I, I like I can't like what is mindfulness? You know, it, it sounds too complicated. And as women, we're busy, we're stressed already. So we're like, what in the world? Don't give me one more thing to do. Mindfulness is just self-awareness. So I give this example a lot. You can hear your kid cough across the house. You know exactly what kid that is because you're so in tune with your kids' bodies. As women, as moms, we need to be that in tune with our own body. If we can listen to our body, our body is going to give us signals and it's going to give us an indication of what it needs. So often we ignore those signals. So a little story that I tell going back to my days when I was in graduate school, living in Jackson, Mississippi, and um, unfortunately I had a car accident, totaled my car. I was okay, thank goodness, Um, but I had to look for a new car. So I'm on my own, single, and I'm looking at cars, at used cars, of course, and I went to, I went to look at this used car, and I'm, I'm checking out, like, the exterior, and does the, you know, does the stereo work good, and it has a sunroof, and I'm getting wrapped all up into the aesthetics of the car. Um, What happened is, as I'm looking at the dashboard, I noticed something like a, a like a dark spot with like a halo around it on the dashboard. What I realized is that there was a warning light 
on that car and they had put black tape over that warning light, which is shameful, right? But how often do we do that as women? How often our body is giving us a warning signal, a warning light, and we ignore it or we put we put something on top of it so it's not quite as obvious, right? So we need to learn how to listen to our body, how to be self-aware. Part of that is just being honest with yourself. And I've certainly gone through this process and I continue to do so. Just being honest with yourself. Hey, Jennifer, you're not getting enough rest. You're not making sleep a priority and you're a grouch the next day and you're taking it out on everybody around you. What what's the obstacle to getting good sleep? But it takes being mindful and being aware in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is such a good analogy about that black tape. Cause we do, we put black tape over so many signals yes, we <laughs> that do. our bodies give us. And I think, and one area I would love to touch on, cause I bring this up every once in a while on the podcast, but I feel like I need to keep bringing it up these days. You know, we are told, or I think we tell ourselves this, right? Like, like we need to be eating healthy, eating clean, whatever that means to mm-hmm. whoever we need to be eating our vegetables. We also need to be exercising. We also need to be taking care of all the house stuff. And we also need to, you know, all these things that we put upon ourselves and something I've noticed just from my own life. And I think that is kind of an epidemic for a lot of women is we over-exercise in a stressed out state. Is yes. that something that you have seen pop up for you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've been guilty of that before. Um, and again, if we can start to listen to our body, if you're over-exercising, your body's going to tell you. Yeah, your bo- you're going to be like, I remember going to a gym uh, with, with some very intense classes and having like a really hard workout for a full hour and like feeling so good, like that I did it. I was so proud of myself. But the rest of the afternoon, I was absolutely depleted. Yes. That's a good indication. Now, over-exercising can put a very, uh, like a really big drain on the adrenal glands. Um, And also, if you are in a period in your life where you're very, very stressed, exercise is a form of stress, okay? It's oxidative stress. So if you're over-exercising, you've got a very stressful life, you're not getting enough sleep, you're a walking disaster. Like nothing good is going to come of that. So women get very frustrated that they um, cannot get the results they're looking for. But oftentimes it's because they are so intent on looking a certain way and they're not taking the time to be kind to their body and listen to their body and implement some some relaxation, some restoration. And we've got to do that. Exercise is so very important, but we need to be smart with how we exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good, I really love, I've thought that before too. Like if I'm working out and I feel great afterwards, but a few hours later, if all of a sudden I'm just feeling this fatigue set in, that's not a good sign. And I've been through that myself too, where Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, wait a minute this might be something I need to give up for a while. And I would say the same thing goes for when we go into heavy restriction mode with food and put our bodies in famine mode. So how do you handle the calorie conversation with people? Because I, I know for most of us who are of the age that we are, we grew up saying that the calories are king, you know, that it's (laughs) the calories in calories out. That's the most important thing. Restrict, restrict, restrict. So how do you, take a different look at that. 
I think it's so important that we talk about this. So thank you. This is one of my soapbox things. I mean, calories, it just, I'm so tired of hearing people say and women say, I'm counting calories or how much calories does that have? And they're on these calorie restricted diets and they're miserable, which should give you an indication right there that if you're miserable and your body is miserable, Maybe that's not the best thing, but we've got to have this conversation. We have goals, but we have to start looking at how the body is working and this antiquated notion of it's just calories in versus calories out. All you have to do is eat less, move more. And oh, by the way, if that doesn't work for you, it must be you. I'm here to tell you that thinking is absolutely flawed. The problem is not in calories. The problem is not in cutting calories. We have to optimize nutrition. So when you count calories, first of all, it's time consuming. It's very tedious. It puts you in a very, very restrictive mindset, which is not healthy at all. You're not looking at the healing, beautiful benefits of food. It's also making the assumption that all calories are equal. All calories are not equal. And so the best example I can give you is one that I often use. You know, an avocado is very, very high in calories. I think it's about 250 calories for a a full avocado because it's full of healthy fats. I mean, and it's full of fiber and antioxidants. Like it is a superfood, okay? Um, You take an avocado where someone would say, that is way too much calories. I can't have that versus a 100 calorie snack pack of some kind of processed crap that literally contains chemicals and toxins (laughs) for your body. One is giving you tremendous benefit that has more calories. The other one is making your body more toxic. A toxic body cannot lose weight. And that's the problem nowadays. Our bodies are very toxic and we're not, we are literally walking around malnourished. We're not getting the optimal nutrition that we need. So when we shift our thinking away from calories and focus on optimizing nutrition with real whole foods, colorful foods, if you stand in that produce section and you look around at all of those bold, bright, vibrant colors, All of those colors represent different disease-fighting compounds. And so let's focus on that and focus on getting value from that and enjoy it. Can we enjoy food again? Like that's so important because food is also connection. We're sitting down with our kids. Our kids are watching us. If you live a miserable life and you're always on a diet and you're always counting calories and your kids hear you, they're watching what you do. What are you setting them up for? Mm -hmm. And as mamas, we've got to be aware of that. We've got to be aware of that. Or do you take an approach? You know what? I'm going to step it up when it comes to eating real whole foods. I'm going to step up my nutrition. I'm going to make sure I get a lot of colors. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have some good healthy fats because, man, those taste really good. And I know my body needs it. So we have to take a different approach because we need that for us. But our kids are watching and listening as well. 
Yes. And you touched on a lot there, which I yeah. think listeners are now going, oh yeah, I see why you invited her on the show because this is so, <laughs> this is so true. And I, I've, I often say we don't have an obesity epidemic. We have a toxin epidemic and we have a whole lot yeah. of toxic people that we struggle. And I know even for myself, I struggle to detox. I have some um, different genetic factors that make it very difficult for my body to detox. I and do then too. you factor yeah. in, like if you have different medications that we're on that can slow things down. Like there are a lot of reasons. It's not just about eating less and exercising more, because I think there are quite a few people that are exercising pretty hard, like we said, and not eating a lot and their bodies are nutrient deprived. So uh, with that, I do want to touch on what you said about our kids, because we both have teen daughters Yes, and Oh, that's, and I, I know just because of my own struggles with body image and dieting and all that over the years, trying to set a healthy example for her is daunting. And, and I think this go, also goes for sons because boys struggle with this too. Yeah. You know, I know boys struggle with self-image and all of that just as much as girls do. It's just not talked about as much. So, um, how, what would you say, how would you address that topic of setting a healthy, an example of a healthy relationship with food? Um, very carefully. And I think it takes knowing our kids, but also listening. You know, sometimes as parents, we want to talk so badly. And this is my area, right? Like this has been my entire career for 24 years. So like when my kids bring something up, my tendency is I just want to, oh, yay, I just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got to be careful because sometimes our kids just need to be heard. And so I try to ask some very open-ended questions, just like I do with my clients, and um, and figure out, like, what is their goal? What are they asking me here? And what do they need from me in this moment? So recent, I'll give you a, a really good example. Recently, my, my son... He's 14. He's, you know, he's been working out in the in the weight room at school and like he's very focused on getting stronger. And so he came to me one day and he said, Mom, I want a meal prep. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I am like, I'm getting giddy inside. And so everything in me, like, I'm just ready to be like, yes, let's do this and start rattling stuff off. But I thought, okay, Jennifer, stop, like calm your excitement. And so I said, okay, because I want to make sure we're not heading down a disastrous path. And I said, okay, tell me, like, tell me what your goals are. Like, I want to hear what your goals are. Why do you want to do this? So we had a good conversation. He told me his main goals were to get stronger. And I was like, okay, so how can I help you do this? And like, what, like, is there some questions you have for me? Like, what do I need to clarify? And he's like, well, what I want you to do right now is take me to the grocery store because I know what I want to, I know what I want to get. And I was like, okay, that's fantastic. Now, in the grocery store, we had some good discussions. My kids are used very used to me, you know, turning something around and and teaching them about the toxins and products and how, you know, deceitful that the marketing is that is out there. By the way, it's called greenwashing. I did a podcast on that. It's another soapbox of mine because mm-hmm. they're trying to deceive us into making thinkings, making us think something is healthy when it is not. Um, and so, but I, I supported him. He said, hey, I wanted to, I want to take some chicken. I want to take like a, a brown rice or a quinoa and I want to take some berries or an, another kind of fruit. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. Like, and so he kind of, he has, he asked some questions along the way. He had some other snacks and stuff he wanted to get. We analyzed some things. I did give him some feedback on a couple of things, but I wanted him to take the role because he's older. He had some goals and I knew that was important for him. 
we do need to listen for when there are some um, thought patterns there that that can be very destructive, you know, well, I, I, I want to lose weight, you know, I mean, and again, it's that diet mentality. And our kids fall prey to that too, that quick fix mentality. And so we have to teach them, but we also have to see where they're at in the process and just be very, very cautious, you know, about in and, and, and teaching about overall health and not just this size matters, what the scale says matters, you know. Um, so we've got to really know our kids and listen and encourage and help them take that comprehensive approach because it's not just about food. It's also about getting sleep, managing stress, limiting screen time, which that's a whole nother topic. Lord help <laughs> us all. Um, uh, but there's so many other aspects that go into um, how our kids feel. Yes. And just getting them to recognize, oh, I feel good when I eat this. I don't feel so great when I eat that. Yes. I think that's yes. really hard for them too, because everybody gets that dopamine hit with sugar and processed yeah. food, right? Like they, there are people that have been paid a lot of money to work really hard at making those tasty for us, you know, yes. and, and our yeah. kids. So that's so hard. That's such a, oh, it's, it's a tough one. What do you say to somebody you know, we've talked about being intentional, being mindful. What about obstacles that we come across when we are trying to make changes and we're trying to, and I know, you know, like you said, don't do too much too soon. Um, but how can we recognize different obstacles that we have? I think it's so important to take a step back and go through like an obstacle identification process. And this is a process that I take my clients through every single day because we have been, we've spent a lifetime of running into the same obstacles, the same barriers, the same roadblocks over and over again. And so the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So we have to identify what those obstacles are. And now notice I said obstacles because that's plural. There's typically numerous obstacles for us, but we've got to be honest with ourselves on what those obstacles are. And so typically that's a brainstorming process that I go through um, with my clients, but there's numerous obstacles and it starts by being mindful being mindful, being self-aware, being honest with yourself, having the courage to say, it's time to do something different. Because this same strategy, this same diet mentality, this same, I'm going to start on Monday, this is not serving me well. This is not working for me. So what's my biggest obstacle? And so then we can start really digging in to those other lifestyle factors for me, you know, since I'm, I really, you know, as I, I reached a point of extreme frustration in my health journey, I felt like I was doing everything right. And, um, I, you know, I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing? And honestly, God just started to reveal some areas. And it's right around the time I was getting into, I was starting to see a functional medicine doctor. So there was this, this transformation that started to happen. Part of that transformation started with, okay, what are my obstacles? What am I missing here? If I'm honest with myself, Jennifer, you're not managing stress well. You're not getting enough sleep. Your spiritual health is lacking. 
Yes, you're tick you're ticking off the boxes. You're going to church. You might be doing a devotional in the morning, but your the soul is not getting the nourishment that it desperately needs. So I identified several obstacles, but it took me being mindful and just being honest with myself in the first place. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the whole spiritual side of things and that the soul nourishment. I think that that's really really important. And that was something that I was taught at IIN Institute for Integrative Nutrition is that Mm -hmm. is like a huge part of your primary nutritional needs is that soul nourishment and spirituality and faith. And I think a lot of times we just keep doing what we're doing. We check the boxes, but we're not tapping into that at all. Like you said, and really diving into that. And that's a huge piece along with managing stress and sleep. Like those are but we, we want the, we want the quick fix. Like, just give me the diet. That's going to make me skinny, you know, or give me the diet. That's going to make all my health problems go away or give me yes, yes. the diet that, or the, whatever it is, the bandaid, you know, to fix my issues. And, and that doesn't really, the quick fix doesn't exist. Mm-mm. It doesn't, it really doesn't, you know, um, so we've got to be able, but that takes honesty, right. And that's hard. I mean, and I, I think as women, we just feel like we don't have time. Like I've, I've got so many other people to take care of. So, you know, when women come to me, I mean, it's not, it's not them saying, you know, I decided to let my health go. Like I just let it all go. No, it's more about, I've been so busy taking care of others that this just happened. And I don't know how things went downhill so quickly, but I've got to do something now. Yeah. And so that's, that's a beautiful part of the process, that realization of this is the time I need to do something about my health. And that realization that a little bit of self-care really even better equips us to take care of those in our life. Otherwise, it's, it feels very, very forced it's not natural. It's not organic. You're burning the candle at both ends. You're stressed. You're a wreck, but you're trying to wear a mask and act like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And I, that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about what I do is because I've been in that dark place. I've been in that place of extreme struggle and just wearing a mask and acting like everything's fine and just trying to power through each and every day. There's no fulfillment in that. There's no enjoyment of life like that. And that's why we have to tackle our health. We've got to tackle our issues so that we can move forward and enjoy life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. And again, it goes back to that whole mindfulness and being and and looking and pausing and going, okay, what actually is standing in my way? What is going on here? Have I been still? Have I been had any time of quiet? Because we just fill our lives with so much activity. And when we are quiet, we get on our phone or we turn on Netflix. There's not a lot of reflection going on like at all, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's like, we're suppressing a lot that, that we need to dig into if we really want to live whole healthy lives, you know, definitely. Um, what would you say would be a good first step for somebody? Like they want to make health changes. Maybe they want to, maybe they feel like they're sleeping. Okay. They, but they got some, they want to fix their eating or maybe, maybe they don't exercise. Maybe, what would you just say is a general first step for people? A, a really good general first step. And you and I talked about it so much today is that mindfulness, you know, that start applying that mindfulness, start becoming very aware of what your body is telling you. Your body's going to tell you what it needs. It could be your body's like, Hey woman, you're not drinking enough water. You know, I mean, so your body will tell you what it needs 
We just need to listen. So just that practice of mindfulness. Okay, what is my body telling me? Um, Another wonderful area of mindfulness is what does my body do when I'm stressed out? We We are living in such a time of extreme stress. Our body does certain things when we're stressed out. Can we listen to our body? Because then once we become very, very mindful, then we can shift to being very intentional. Okay, wait a minute. I just got this email and I'm a stressed out wreck. Like things are not going good at work. I just got this awful email. I'm I'm short of breath. I'm getting a headache. Like I'm tensing my jaw. I'm, I'm clenching my jaw. I'm tensing my shoulders. Okay, that's my body's stress response. Wait, what do I do next? Intentional. I'm going to use some deep breathing and help my body dial back the stress response. So mindfulness typically leads to being more intentional. Another great example of this is just being mindful around what you're eating. What am I eating currently? And how do I feel after I eat? Um, So what are you what are you having for lunch? Okay, well, how do you feel in the afternoon? Do you feel energized? Do you feel clear headed? Are you like ready to, to go? Or do you feel like taking a big old fat nap? And then even the nap is not going to satisfy how very tired you are. So again, just practicing that mindfulness because that mindfulness gives you a wonderful starting place. Yeah. Of Here's where I need to focus my efforts first. Can't change everything at one time, but here's where I need to focus my efforts first. And then we can build upon that. Yeah. Yeah. And taking that pause and doing a self check-in and instead of just going to the (laughs) go-to that may or may not be beneficial for us going, yeah, what, what can I eat that I'm going to feel good two hours afterwards? You know, like there are a ton of things that I might feel good temporarily eating, you know, like Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell, but I'm always hungry right after I eat Taco Bell. It's like my body's going, feed me something more, feed me some actual nutrients, you know? So I, I, and I think that's just something to be aware of and, and true for most activities, you know, like I can turn on Netflix, but that's not actually dealing with my tension, you know, like it might be sitting my mind somewhere else, but what I'm currently dealing with is still there. Yeah, exactly. And I realized, you know what, wait a minute, I'm, I'm managing stress, by drinking wine at night. Yeah, that's a big and one. And that's that's affecting my sleep. But it took that mm-hmm. kind of that process of wait a minute, Jennifer, this is not healthy. Now I can I can excuse it and say, oh, it was clean organic wine, whatever. I was managing <laughs> okay. stress by trying to numb yep. the pain. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make it go away. And so um we those issues, like, and I love how you talk about this, those issues we've got to address because they're simmering right underneath the surface and our health is dramatically affected because we're not dealing with that. We're trying to numb out instead of addressing it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the topic of wine because I think it is very culturally acceptable to just like, yeah, I have wine at night. That's how I go to sleep. That's what helps me, you know, relax. And, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. You know, like obviously if it's an addiction, if you truly have, that's a whole other topic, a whole different podcast, but just for those women, and it's very common who are just glass or two of wine at night to help them go to sleep, to help them relax, to help them whatever, like Mm -hmm. I think it can really disrupt a lot of there's gut bacteria disruption, you know, there's sleep disruption for me. I had to stop drinking wine because I would wake up 
every night it, that I would have wine, it would be like two or three in the morning. And I recently, I learned that that's when your liver is trying to detox. It's detoxing. Yes. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and I think such a, it's, it's so confusing because when I talk about this subject, because wine helps you fall asleep, it makes you sleepy, right. right? So we're like, no, I need this to help me sleep. So as a woman who's had sleep issues, most of her adult life, you know, I, I, I used to think, well, I need this, it helps me fall asleep. It does. It does not help you stay asleep. Right. So it's really disruptive with those major, uh, you know, deep REM cycles of sleep and the cycles where your your body's truly detoxifying because you're awake. You're kind of tossing and turning. You may not realize it, but you are. And so we've got to look at, okay, what do I need to do different? And it takes that honesty with self. Um, and okay, am I just trying to numb out here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to the why going back to, and for a lot of women, I think sometimes we substitute wine or alcoholic beverages because really we want something sweet and we're trying to stay away from the brownies or the candy or the chocolate right, or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, well this, you know, wine has resveratrol. So it's, it's healthy for me. Oh yeah. Or we can an justify, I, and I can <laughs> certainly, I can certainly justify it, but how often do we, that one glass of wine turns into three glasses of wine. Right. And then when you've had three glasses of, uh, glasses of wine, there is no, you know, your inhibitions, you know, there is no restriction because then you're hungry. You're like, oh, That's I just need so a little true. snack. Now I got to have something with snack. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it is, it's kind of a disastrous <laughs> cycle. And then, and then the next day you're very, very tired. So you're over consuming caffeine. You're craving sweets because you didn't get good sleep. You're kind of down and depressed. And it's this awful cycle of I'm drinking wine to relax. I'm over caffeinating during the day and our, it's depleting our adrenal so glands. True. Our hormones are way out of, out of whack. Our gut health is impacted. Our brain health. I mean, it's destroying our brain health. I mean, we could go on and on, but it's, it's a trap and it's such a socially acceptable trap. And again, it takes that honesty and wait a minute, what else can I do to relax? Yeah. Yeah. What else can I do? So good. Yes. And it's just this theme of mindfulness throughout this whole conversation, which I love. So we're running out of time. I would love for you to share where people can contact you, follow you, listen to your podcast, all of those things. Yeah, so uh, the podcast is the Healthy Harmony Podcast, and that is on um, all the major podcast platforms, Apple and Spotify. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, hear that podcast on the website, inspirehealthyharmony.com. Again, that's inspirehealthyharmony.com. I am on Instagram and Facebook at Inspire Healthy Harmony. So, if you put it in, in Inspire Healthy Harmony, it kind of gets you everywhere you need to go. I love it. I just love the name because the name itself is exactly what we've been discussing. It is who you are. And that is creating this harmonious balance in our lives with everything that we are doing and balance and juggling as um, females in this crazy world. So thank you so much for just sharing your heart and your love and uh, your passion for wellness. And we'll just have to do it again sometime. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, 
you can leave a nice review. I like those.